What's happened in London, actually? Oh, okay, the audience were fairly drunk, but I went on stage and said, hello, good morning, my name is Luca, I'm from Italy. And the lady stood up and said, no, he's not. And another lady stood up and said, I think he might be. And I said, can you just... Comedy with an accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian, Quan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand up comedy but who are not native English speakers or they can have a very distinct British regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages, and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Comedy with an Accent podcast. Today, I have the winner of the prestigious UK So You Think You're Funny competition. This comedian achieved the winner status within a year or two of him starting doing English dinner comedy. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce Luca Kupani. Hello, yes. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you, Juanman. Thank you. Uh, did I pronounce your name correctly? Maybe not. You know what? For Italian speakers, you're allowed to call me Juanito. So that is just oh, for okay. you. Yeah. Juanito. Thanks. Juanito. Io mi chiamo Juanito. First question. Did I do your name justice? It's a mutual question. I don't want to be one of those overly zealous, you know, they do the Italian intonation to a sort of oh, no, no, stage no, no, like that was Kupan. <laughs> yeah, they look like if you're all, we're all part of the Mario Bros family. No, no, no. The, you did. You, How would you say it? I would say Luca Cupani. Luca Cupani. Yeah. Okay, cool. Luca, I want to ask you further. You're from Italy, but specifically, which region in Italy you're from? So I come from Bologna, which is uh, the region of good food and there's the oldest university in Europe. But my mom uh, was from Sicily, so I have a mix of uh, southern and northern Italy together. Italian. Do you think your mom lives up to this sort of feisty Mediterranean, southern Italian stereotype? Uh, yes, she was quite... Uh, Controlling in a way, so I think yes, she was and as much a Catholic mom as Madonna. I think I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yes, and very Catholic. Yeah, I'm, I am still, I'm still Catholic. I, yeah, I haven't grown out of this. I am still okay. I try not to be patronizing, but in case people are not sure, Bologna is where spaghetti bolognese, the sauce is from. Am I right? It's partly correct, but partly because uh, we don't have spaghetti bolognese in Bologna. We do. <gasps> So we have a little thing called tagliatelle, which is like what happens to spaghetti if you flat them out and it's a different type of pasta. I think they like to do tagliatelle with salmon in this country. So like a salmon cream tagliatelle. Uh, you you can, you can, you can uh, <laughs> yes. But I mean, uh, I, yeah, no, I mean... As a side note, because you can't see on, on, on the video, you can see Luca has just like a 10% degree of contempt on his face. All oh, right, it's you little, little about our national dish, but you insist on opening the conversation. It's okay. I mean... I'm going to ask you a question that I ask every single guest I invite on this podcast. Do you think you have an accent when you speak English? Of course I do. Yes, <laughs> quite strong. And uh, yeah, yes, I have it. Especially because I think I learned uh, English later on in my life. I was in my mid-late 20s when I started studying seriously English and trying to do some conversations. Was... Can I ask you, sorry yes. to interrupt, when you say you really give it a go in your mid-20s, mm. did that mean your first foreign language when you were younger in middle school was a different European language or you just didn't bother to study hard? So it was English. I studied English at uh, middle school from 11 till 13, yeah. so three years, but it was mainly heavily grammar, also because the teacher wasn't a native speaker. You could, 
You could you're saying the teacher spoken English was crap wow. in their own. <laughs> just say it's okay. You're not. They, they probably was, don't listen to this podcast. Just criticize their yeah, teaching. And this opinion. was many years ago. So before the now with the internet is easier to listen to the original language. Yes. We had a little uh, tape with a cassette. Yeah, cassette. Yeah, it was in the early 90s. We all joke about this in Italy, like uh, the grammar book is on the table. But nobody nobody taught us the pronunciation. There wasn't conversation. It was sort of an empty, hollow exercise that made no sense. It was a subject, but it wasn't a language that you learned. Yes. And then I did two more years in the high school. But in high school, I did five years of Latin and ancient Greek. So I was sort of more fluent in Latin and ancient Greek. (laughs) There's no conversation happening in in Latin or ancient Greek. I studied harder Latin and, and in the university I kept doing classes. You can try exorcism. Maybe you can talk. Yeah, I could, I could uh, I, when there's a, a Christian prayer in Latin, I'm perfectly at home with, oh yes, good, miserere nobis, dona nobis pacem. But you know, a lot of professions are dying. So if you can do Latin in some weird religious services, it probably is a really good guarantee money maker in the future. I should become a, ce- yeah, those <laughs> make the celebration, you know, like Latin looks exotic maybe. I could do some sort of traditional wedding saying some sentences in Latin when a language is not <laughs> spoken enough for some reason I'm attracted to it when it's uh, useful no so I started studying after uni when I was in and yeah late 20s so that's why and the accent is this and I cannot do anything in London it wasn't a big problem but I remember when I started and my accent was probably even heavier than it is now I went a few times outside London north and very nice people very friendly but more than once it happened after the show, someone told me, oh, uh, funny, but you can drop the accent now. I said, no. <laughs> I can't drop the accent. Yeah. And they thought I was English because uh, I don't look Italian the way I was told I look Polish or Eastern European. I thought, do you think I'm an English guy mocking the Italian accent? Because that's a problem now. If you laughed my set, right. because you were thinking, I was an English guy making fun of the Italian just with the accent. Then You know that off. story you just told about someone giving you feedback and asking you to drop the accent? It reminds me of a Teen Vice joke. Murder in a multi-story car park is wrong on so many levels. I tell, where do we even start? So first, we'll be wondering exactly what kind of English comedian doing this fake Italian character make people believe that the character is a fake one, as put on, it can be dropped, right? But without even looking Italian, because I would understand if I look like the cosplayer of Super Mario and yeah. I do a very heavy Italian accent, you think, oh, it can't be really Italian because maybe we are in a little village somewhere north of England where usually there aren't Italians, so it yeah. must be someone from around. I could understand, but you see me, you think it doesn't look Italian, it, therefore it might not be Italian. And then why am I doing 10, 15 minutes of joke about me being Italian if I'm not even Italian? So it makes no sense. I wouldn't laugh if I think the comedian is faking his accent. Do they believe you look more Polish than Italian because your eyes are blue? And they believe all Italians should look like Sylvester Stallone. How do you pronounce think, his name? Yes, yeah, Sylvester. We say Stallone, Stallone in Italian. Yeah, Italian, Italian, Italian Stallion. Italian Stallion, yeah. Can we explain? Because you have quite blue eyes. I have blue eyes, mainly because of my mother's side of the family from Sicily because of the Norman domination, I think. You have to explain slowly because they think your mother's from Sicily. Isn't she supposed to be even darker hair? even sort of Mediterranean looking. It could be, but if you go to Sicily, you will see people from every region of the world because Sicily was conquered and invaded so many times. People from North Africa and people from 
North Europe. So you have Normans and you can see a lot of people with blue eyes and blonde hair. And you can see people that look like from uh, Tunisia or uh, Libya in, in a city in Sicily. Basically, those Vikings, they were pillaging across Europe. Yeah. Some of them came to northern England in places like York, for example. Some of them went to Normandy in France. And then they went as far as the island of Sicily. Your mom has Scandinavian genes, so to speak. Yes. I don't know if Scandinavia or northern Europe, but yeah, because there used to be a kingdom in Sicily and the south of Italy that was directly connected to some kingdom in Germany. Frederick Barbarossa is called Redbeard. Yeah. So that was one of the king in the south of Italy. But this complex historical detail doesn't fit the modern simplified stereotype of what a nation's people should look like. So nowadays people think of Italian, they think of dark, curly hair. That doesn't suit your appearance. No, because probably that's because of the immigration in the past century. I guess that most of immigrants, compared to the people that were living in America or Northern Europe, they looked quite Southern. So they thought, okay, this is Italy. But if you go to Italy, you will see that is a bit more complex. We've been uh, mixed for Just like centuries. the ignoring me 12 years ago when I watched World Cup. I thought, why there are so many blonde Italians? But they are always blonde Italians in Italy. It just, I was too ignorant to know yeah, that. Yeah, because we think the, the most famous character is the typical Mediterranean. When I moved to London, initially I wanted to be an actor and I, I struggled in finding any role because I was told you look Eastern European <gasps> and your accent doesn't match uh, your face. But I have a friend from Spain. He played the Italian, the Greek, <laughs> the Northern African, the, every, the French. He played all the spectrum of Mediterranean. I'm sorry, that is just so tragic. So you lost out a chance to play Italian character and the character went to a Spanish guy because the actual Italian doesn't fit their understanding of how Italian If you, uh, uh, there was sometimes a sort of commercial of an Italian product, which I will not mention. For an Italian speaker, the voiceover is clearly Spanish, but for British, probably it sounds Italian enough. And I got to know someone who worked in the marketing division and I yeah. asked them, by the way, uh, do you know that the guy, whoever is that does the voiceover, is not really Italian? Uh, yeah, but they say, we asked originally for Italian, but they were a bit too Italian. And I said, yeah. Uh, what do you mean by too Italian? Too, let's say, yeah, look. Murder in a multi-story car park. So wrong <laughs> on so many levels. Like, can we even name those people? So, you know, it's funny because they want the Italian experience, but then they say, oh no, this is too Italian. It's a, uh, uh, okay, uh, fine. Again, I wouldn't say, yeah, give me the real experience. And oh no, that's too, <laughs> too real. You know that the same thing happened with East Asian, what I say, Chinese roles. Because one of the complaints is they always want people who look like Mulan's in the cartoon, meaning East Asian people with single eyelid. But over the century, the, what you call the Mongolian Han people would mix a lot of different races. So when you go to East Asia, a lot of East Asian have much bigger... I know I'm not a good example because my eyes are small and I have a single eyelid. But you have a lot of East Asian with big eyes and double eyelids and they cannot get those ropes. They think you are not a real Italian because your appearance doesn't match the simplified, stereotypical expectation of Italian man. Yeah, my accent duh, is perfectly Italian. My face, mm, my face. How did you reply? I smile. I say, well, yes, in no words, I'm really Italian. Sometimes I show the passport. Uh, I, I carry with me the passport. <laughs> you know, just to have a sort of approved. Once I. And this happened in London, actually. Oh, okay, the audience were fairly drunk, but I went on stage and said, hello, good morning, my name is Luca, I'm from Italy. And the lady stood up and said, no, he's not. <laughs> and another lady stood up and said, I think he might be. And I said, can you just, I mean, can you just why shut do you 
F up and let me explain myself. This is not even a great opening line. I'm Italian as a joke. I felt the need to say because I know that my accent will declare that I'm Italian. So I thought, let's address the elephant. But then once the, I'm addressing the elephant and people pretend that it's not an elephant, it's a giraffe. I say, no, it's an elephant. And people start arguing that it might not be a real elephant. Are you sure which the elephant? No, that's a dog. Look, look I'm sorry that you are the first guest when I asked the first question. I just could not join in and pull the away. Sorry. Because there's so, no, don't be sorry. There's so many weird and unexpected stories. <laughs> Murder in a multi-story car park run on so many levels. But you've answered my second question, actually, because you believe your accent is strong. Yes, I know that. I watched your videos on your YouTube channel back in 2014. That's when you started doing English in our comedy. And I noticed in the two videos you did in 2014, you apologized for your accent. And in one video, apologized more than once. Is there a reason for that? I felt uh, conscious of the way I sounded, so I was worried people might not get what I was saying. Now I stopped apologizing, so I just say I'm Italian and I move on, assuming they will understand what I'm saying. But that's because I've been living here for eight years, so now I know people can understand me, so I don't apologize too much. I still sometimes think, will I say this word correctly? Will they? I understand. It might take two, three extra seconds for them to get used to the way I'm speaking, but then also, once you live in the UK for long enough, you listen to people from every part of the UK and they all have an accent. So I think, okay, if my... Are you saying that one of the reasons that you stop apologizing for your accent is you thinking, hang on a second, objectively, some of your accents are way stronger than mine. So if you don't complain about those accents, you have no ground to judge my accent. I wouldn't put in some strong terms, but the idea is, is not like... A, if you go to a comedy club, there's not like a sort of RP accent that everyone follows. So I thought, okay, I say some word probably funnily and maybe not in the way they expect, but maybe there is another comedian before or after me who will say something even stronger or with an even different uh, use of uh, verbs. And people will get on board because they know, oh, yes. And few people told me, English people told me that sometimes they struggle understanding the accent from Liverpool, for example. Scouse accent. So I thought, okay, if you're struggling, then okay, I'm fine. So you basically understand the psychology and social subtleties of accents. So you feel like, okay, I probably don't need to be that apologetic because it's a way of life. Yeah, it's not, to it. there's not a correct accent. As long as they understand me, and now after many years, I think they can understand me. Yes, they might still miss something. I might mispronounce something, but let's say 90% of what I say, it's easily understood. So why should I apologize and focus them on what might not work? Oh, sorry, sorry for this. You will not understand what I'm saying. Why do you sabotage yourself this way? It's like when someone invites you for a dinner, they bring you food, say, oh, it might be burnt, or maybe it's not cooked enough, or maybe there's no salt. Well, don't tell me already what might be wrong, because now I'm looking for... Are you using that as an example because you think British people's taste is bland, so... <laughs> I'm just joking. It's a fact that everyone knows. <laughs> okay, I think that's a very healthy attitude. It is what it is. You hear all sort of accents, you just get used to it. You know the line I tend to use when I go to an area with very strong accent? I will always say that I'm fully aware my accent may come across strong to some of you guys. I just want to let you know, though, the feeling is mutual. Every time I do this line in Glasgow, it went down well because British people self-deprecate and also understand the truth. Yes. The accent is strong. So 
it minimizes the tension very quickly and I get to do my comedy quickly. Yeah, because you addressed a few things that make you different from other comedians on the bill. Like uh, in my case, I know my accent is the first thing that is different mm. because it's an unusual accent. There aren't many Italian comedians on the circuit right now. Usually I'm the only one on the same night. Okay, yes, I'm from Italy. And then I move on. I have a lot of content about Italy, of course. But to me, it's important to clear the accent thing first. And I just listened to our conversation for a whole hour. I've been judging, assessing your English because you started performing comedy by apologizing. I just wonder how. Like, there's no way this accent is supposed to be strong. I'm referring to a review from 2015 when Lucas was in a new comedian competition. And the comedy critics wrote that Luca in a heavenly accented English. Heavily, not heavenly, heavily accented. <laughs> I'm just like, how, where does that even come from? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I think what happens sometimes with, with reviewers, I think they, maybe this is just my, my opinion, but uh, if someone is a foreigner, is from another country, they assume we are here to represent, we are so the ambassador of our country. So they will think, okay, he will talk about things that are from his country and he will be the sort of caricature of his country, yeah. which we are not. So if our set, our persona falls short of this expectation, they will see this as a problem rather than as an opportunity. It's a thing I thought I have. Every comedian should be able to joke about whatever they like. Yes. But you f maybe you have the same feeling that sometimes people expect from you to joke about certain topics. And if you would do, I don't know, an entire show about your pet, your cat, your dog, people would think, mm, yeah, but it's sort of missing opportunity. Why doesn't he mention Taiwan and the tension with the Beijing? <laughs> because it's not the ambassador of Taiwan. It's not a world conference about Taiwan. This is a comedian who happens to be Taiwanese. He might also have an opinion about his own cat or dog and wants to talk about it. We don't want to hear jokes about cats and dogs from someone with an accent. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's what you're saying is very interesting. It's like social, psychologically, there is a precondition from people in general. Someone's background or some information you already have precondition you to look at them only in a certain way and you want to see them only in that way. So yeah. in an ideal world, every comedian should be able to tell whatever he or she or they like to say, but that's not the real world. So the real world, when you have a profile to fit or boxes to tick, we just have to either go with them and then go away or do something else. But we can't just say, you know, I don't care. I'm not going to do anything. Unless you establish yourself so well that then they're ready to listen also to the other things you want to talk about. It's a journey. I think eventually we will move. Also, there are many more comedians with an accent now compared to maybe 10 or 20 years ago. So eventually it will be normal. To... So we are part of the forces. Just take it. Just take it. <laughs> Leave it. We have an accent. so shocked at London's embrace of Italian language because in Mandarin, originally, when we translated spaghetti, which is called them Italian noodles, like that's it, Italian noodles. And later, when they had to translate all the other names, they called penne like a tilted tube pasta. They call fusilli the spiral pasta. They actually explain what it is. They call farfalle like butterfly oh, yes, pasta. Farfalle, yes. Yeah, that, so they had to do that. But in London, in the English-speaking country, in the English-speaking city, you go to the restaurant, it's all original Italian. As if that, if the guests don't feel like they need to look up in a dictionary, then this restaurant is not high-end enough.
Yes, in a way, it's true the way it works. But because there are different pasta that goes with it, you need to know the sauce you're going to match it with. So like uh, if this uh, ragu, like bolognese sauce, some pasta is perfect because it goes well. When there was the lockdown, the pandemic, the penne they got, they have a little, how can I call it? Uh, little stripes on the penne. Oh, you mean the, the carved bit? Yes, yeah, a bit carved. So it keeps the sauce better, it keeps together, but there's a version without... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw the technician rolling his eyes at what are you talking about? So, it's just pasta! No, there's a version without anything that can't retain any sauce and that was left in the supermarket despite the This is what I call an Italian test. I once asked a friend from Rome, say that, imagine you're very hungry and you look through your cupboard, you want to make a uh, seafood linguine. When you say linguine, then Yes, linguine, okay, yes. But you found all the ingredients, except you only have spaghetti, not linguine, in your cupboard. Would you just cook it, or would you actually put on your jacket and change your trousers to go down to buy a pack of linguine from the cost cutter downstairs? With uh, spaghetti, you can still have a sort of spaghetti allo scoglio, which is a different version. Is there a but? But uh, if the supermarkets are open till late, I think that we should give them a reason to be open that late. This is what I call an Italian test. They give so much fuss about the type of pasta. I know it's not comedy related, but I just found it hilarious. It's always the same. It's always the same. I took Luca to a, a proper Italian oh, deli before nice. this. His eye just lit up when he saw proper Italian mortadella. It's like, oh, this is good stuff. That was really good because I'm from Bologna. Mortadella is from Bologna. So good. It's good yeah. Stanley Tucci did this food discovery trip of the CNN yeah, yeah. program. This is what I call Italian food porn. You could never watch it late at night. Even after so much food for dinner, I was like, oh, I want to cook something. Luca also has special on Amazon Prime, but Italian version. I don't think you can see in the UK. I checked no, yesterday. Uh, yes. So I watch your show in Italian. I don't speak Italian at all, but you sound a slightly different in Italian. You have a more tender sound when you speak English. And actually, in 2014, when you think your accent was stronger, English accent was different in 2014, only slightly your pronunciation was much closer to Italian as, as in you speak in a lower pitch. Now, when you speak English, your English is more tender than your Italian. It feels like almost massaged. Yes, it's, uh, I don't know, it's easier to speak in Italian for me, of course. Yes. But I, I use this example. Let's say a painting, Renaissance painting, so a lot of colors, a lot of nuances. And then Mondrian, contemporary painter, squares of different colors, very basic. So yeah. at the beginning, my English was like that. Still art, if you want. I didn't have in my palette many nuances because of the vocabulary, because of my knowledge. I have a better knowledge of Italian vocabulary and so I can play with registers. I know how to use a word that creates some sort of comedy effect and I can improvise on the spot easily. Whereas in English, when I would love to improvise, but then I'm always second-guessing what I'm saying because I might uh, have an idea that is funny, but then I don't know how to... Can I say I... you are slightly more cautious when you speak English and performing yes. English? Yes. And that's sort of... You're not tiptoeing, but because of that caution. I found another analogy maybe that works better. When you wear a suit at a formal wedding, mm -hmm. that is not your normal choice of dress. And when you are in your most comfortable clothes, so you feel a bit more aware. I almost never wear a suit. So when I do, I know, I feel it. I, I walk slightly differently. And when I have uh, my comfy shoes and stuff, I'm, I'm more myself, but it's still myself, but dressing up. No, dressing up is a good one. I don't try to say in any way you performing in English is inferior to you performing Italian. 
you perform in Italian give me like it's not like very straight street but you have a bit more live around the corner of the street the sort of yes. energy whereas it, when you perform in English almost feel like you're playing flute there's another reason also because uh, uh, what I like of the comedy in English is that in the UK the audience are used to interact they give you a lot of energy if you drop a nice joke if you tell something they look for the punchline they laugh they give you a lot in Italy sometimes uh, I'm considered a bit subtle I need to add a bit of energy the most common reaction for an Italian audience in comedy is to maybe clap when you pause so you stop talking you take a sip of water and they start clapping like if they're watching a sort of theatrical play they don't feel free to interact as much as here here maybe because of the tradition of pantos or other things there's not an expression to say give me a cheer there's not this expression that is natural and if you ask them they might struggle a bit why should i say something should i do i don't know why so i try to compensate by being more energetic to so when you speak italian real life you're actually slightly a smaller personality in a way offstage italian is different from your onstage italian it's a bit more my humor because it's a british in italy right. and it's a bit dry i say something that might be funny but you need to listen to what i'm saying i don't have the joke in your face i feel i need to be more energetic but i haven't done enough comedy in italian to develop maybe a more mature style british audience usually give back a lot of energy when they find something funny they like to laugh they like to have fun italian audience are a bit more cautious they wait they see okay shall we laugh now shall we wait for him to stop talking then we clap which is weird because then you have this silence and then you sort of clapping like okay in my previous recording with Ching Wang the Chinese comedian she oh, yeah. had a perfect example she said she does Chinese open mic comedy in London and the first time when she asked the audience give me a cheer and she then say all the audience only raised their hands without making any sound and she had to train them over and over again to participate another thing i found out in the uk if you don't make anything funny in the first minute they will let you know that some hacker will happen in italy they're way more patient comedians can have 10 minutes on stage and maybe it takes them 3 minutes to get to the point and the audience are fine, fine with, with that. yeah yeah i don't I, i'm not fine so <laughs> I, when i'm on stage i need to i can't spend 3 minutes just talking i need to give them something but since my jokes are sometimes hidden i need to give them a lot i feel like but isn't it useful when you know italian audience have more patience then you can do longer form or even more a story when you do Italian comedy. Like it's not necessarily a bad thing though, is it? I mean, it's good to have the discipline to have a higher gag rate, like pa 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 pa. But isn't it also a benefit when you have the luxury allowed? Yeah, yeah, but I like to do storytelling, but even if it takes you 5 minutes to get to the point, I believe in those 5 minutes there might be something, even an expression in your face, a change in subject, uh, letting them know, okay, there might be something funny here. We get to some point otherwise it's a ted talk in italy we would talk so much for so long that what's the difference <laughs> between why should people buy a ticket to come to see me this is talking? the sound of a comedian who has just done a lot of a weekend club nights so, yeah, <laughs> that's the way to survive you really give it a go and learn english again properly in your mid-20s what was your method how did you acquire the actual fluency in this language in your mid-twenties. So I went to a private school in the evening in Bologna, in my hometown, and I met native speaker. That was amazing. Wow, this is so how English sound. Because in middle school, your English tutors were Italian people. Yeah, they were Italian. Maybe they went to England once <laughs> when they were students at university. That's they what happened. Perfect 
knowledge of English grammar. Oh, grammar. Well, I can spell. My spelling is perfect, <laughs> but I don't know. To get a flair of this, I will encourage any listener to look for Maisie Adams, one of her earlier set about her tutor from Yorkshire teaching them French with a Yorkshire accent. That is brilliant. Anyway, sorry. So you learn it properly, and now this time in the mid twenties, you were told by native speakers. Yes, and it was amazing because I learned how to understand. At school, I never understood when there was a listening exercise. You the play, press play, and then oh, what happened? I don't know. Later on, I started doing a bit of conversation. Very broken English. Very difficult because another problem is I studied classics, so. I speak Italian very, very well. I don't want to brag about it, but that means I know how to use my language. It's frustrating when you realize that in another language, oh, come on, I'm an educated person. And when I use another language, I look like a, a, a baby. I cannot even say what I want to say. I have so many th thoughts and I cannot translate them. You're not them. used to the frustration of not mastering a language. Yes, because with Latin and Greek, it didn't happen because I didn't have to have a conversation. I had to read <laughs> Yet you don't have a yeah. conversation yet. Romans came back. I will have some word, but almost my haunted spirit. You never know. People <laughs> imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried because I'm I'm Catholic. I'm worried that what if is in the heaven, the Catholic heaven, they don't speak Latin. That would be so boring for okay. the eternity. So you're saying that you face a frustration of learning English, but yes. you overcome it. Yes. So I started learning English. Then I did an acting class, and then. I started doing courses across Europe, a lot of money, dreaming of Hollywood. But the good thing is you meet people from all over the world. That helped me getting out from my small-minded parochial way of thinking. And I met people who speak in English as a common language. They so were... you're saying that the only reason you managed to relax, because you found out you were not the only one that suck. You're not the only one that didn't manage to master English. Oh, yes. Lots of people, the majority of people don't master this language ever anyway. So why should you worry about it? Yeah, because once you get uh, people that are from all over the world trying to speak English to understand each other, it's beautiful because if nobody is English, but everyone speaks English, yes. none of us is sure of what we are doing. We all, we, it's sort of magic. Oh, it's happening. I can understand you. You can understand me. And I love that in English, it's easier to be optimistic. If you do an acting class, like, you can do it. In Italian, sounds pretentious. In English, sounds like just the American dream. Oh, you know, when I first started learning English and the focus on getting every single pronunciation right. So oh. you have to distinguish the long vowel, short vowel. And when did I stop? When I realized that my English was at a certain point where the remaining people that still complain about my accent other people I don't want to hang out anyway. <laughs> I just thought, you know, the kind of interesting and nice people I want to be around, most of them have no problem with my English whatsoever. And only one making comments are the nasty people. So I'm not going to make the extra effort just for you guys. I'll give you an example. You know how Americans say hot dog? And hot dog is a very American thing. So I moved to the UK in my mid-twenties and it was gradually shifting to a sort of mixture of British pronunciation with American base. I don't know where my accent is, it's all over the place right now. Mandarin base, a mixture of American and British English. But when I say hot dog, because this is not a UK thing, you don't have hot dog oh, here yeah. so much. I will always say hot dog. When I say hot dog once to a British colleague, you have no problem understanding when I say hot dog to yeah. you. He looked at me. He froze for a second and then he say, do you mean hot dog? <laughs> and I was thinking, is that really, is that really necessary? Is it intentional? And if it's not intentional, is he hearing that bad? Probably, I think these people are trying to defend their identity, maybe. Maybe they don't know. Maybe if you don't speak any other language, you become the custodian of the pure native language. It gives a sense of purpose for yourself. 
the old stereotype for Southern Europeans is that you speak English not quite as well as Northern Europeans. Yes. So Scandinavians and Dutch yeah. people, they are known for speaking better English、oh, compared、yes. to Spanish, French,、yes. Italian. I found that not true with the twenty-something the Gen Z anymore. I've met a lot of Italian people in London. They speak with so little accent. Sometimes I can't even tell. That's because of Netflix and Amazon Prime. Now you can have original language because in Italy they used to dub every movie, everything.、Uh, so you don't hear the original language.、So、and when did that start to change?、Uh, I think it never changed. You will still see, I don't know, Criminal Minds, where Ice T has a <laughs> Italian voice. You never know the original voice. Is Ice T is?、Uh, but now you can watch the original one on Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon, whatever.、If、you want to watch the Mandalorian or anything, Game of Thrones, you can see the original. Language with subtitles, so you have more chances to listen to the real language than I used to.、Have. I used to have only the cassette and press play, and there were boring conversation about where is the pen, where is the book is on the table, the cat is under the chair, and who cares? Honestly, it's not even my house. <laughs> Now it's easier for them, but it's true that in the past, because of this dubbing, they dub movies and they change the titles, they translate everything, like the Silence of Lambs. It's called the Silence of the Innocent People for a reason, because lambs in Italian. Translated would be Agnelli. Agnelli was a very powerful business family that owns Fiat Group. So the idea was,、mm. it's like、uh, if you say, I don't know, the Silence of Windsor, and so you don't want the royal family to be associated to a cannibal. You know, because of that, people used to believe that some languages are so powerful that makes it fundamentally. Impossible to neutralize the accent in a lot of foreigners, and what people used to believe because Italians is so beautiful and its influence so strong, Italian speakers just can't get rid of the intonation, and that's not true. That's simply because they didn't have enough access. So、yeah. the hearing-wise, to to the English language, English. I wanted to say throughout our conversation, you don't really have much an accent, at least for me. But your hands are constantly moving. So this sorry, is the yes, first、sorry. time I noticed. This is the first time, right, Mister Technician? Because I, I never, I, I never deal with something like、mm, I never move my hand in such a way. But feel this is infectious. This is the sorry. <laughs> it's just you know, it's、uh, it's natural. It's、uh, I don't speak Italian, but I、uh, learn French in my second language, and it, it was such a shock. When in my, I think it was the intermediate level, we had one lesson, one entire lesson to go through different hand gesture. I was like, "What? This is not something you would do when you learn Mandarin, but when you learn French." And I guess Italian would be similar. But we don't need any hand gesture. You don't have to learn、like, your native yeah, yeah, speakers. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah. You start talking like this, and it's normal.、Thing. Did you try to control your hands when you're performing English? Deliberately. Well, one hand is always holding the microphone, so that leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. Physical restriction. And the other is just making gestures.、So、if you're doing O2 one day and with a wireless mic,、oh, you expect to see Luca doing. I would fly away. <laughs> It's like Kate Bush withering high. I would probably call the show "Spread Your Arms, <laughs> Spread Your Wings." My O2 arena. My personal opinion: When you perform, you don't do the very old-fashioned hack stereotype, like the forty tower kind of old-fashioned humor. Like Italian as mamma mia, it's all、oh, about that、mia. exaggerated. And what I observe is you portray yourself in a more multi-layer fashion. In that you don't try to be the alpha. You don't try to be I'm the beautiful Italian. I'm superior to you. I know everything. You don't try to be the loser. You don't try to be the caricature or the joke.、Oh, no, no. But you are slightly. 
self-deprecating. So you mock about your loss of hair, for example. Oh, yes. But you are being the relatable, not like a beta, but you're like, you know, I'm just like you. Sometimes I win in life, sometimes I lose in life. But that's because that, I believe humor for me is a self-defense mechanism. You laugh at yourself before someone else might do. And also, I believe this is something we should do as comedians, because I think if we go on stage, everyone is so stressed. Not everyone. Most of people are, especially men. They're afraid to show their weakness, their flaws. So I think it could be really useful and entertaining at the same time if a comedian shows that there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, I don't have hair and okay, I'm fine with I make a joke and we move on. So that means whichever issue you might have, don't take it too personally. I make fun of my own country because there's plenty of things that don't work in my country. That means if one day I joke about, I don't know, United Kingdom not being so united, don't get offended. We just... We are not taking it too seriously, any one of us, because there's nothing to be too serious about. How much, how much of uh, Italia you keep on stage, would you say, in general? So we talk about the actual needs of the comedian to get it out of the way, because mm. we still have the audience in preconditioned situation. We need to clear their minds. But then after that, you're supposed to be free. But how much you want to retain your Italian image? Well, Probably the hand gesture because I cannot control and it makes me less authentic if I, I it takes energy away. I, there's a joke I've been doing very recently, I mean a few months already. I feel the moral duty, a joke about Italy inventing fascism because that's what we did. And I need to remind people, the Germans take all the blame, but we were at the beginning. They just made it work in a more efficient way. They execute better, but they were not the yeah, first the idea was ours. And, uh, <laughs> and we got away with it because just we switched side halfway through the war. Another thing I would love one day to say, I love when... In England, my friends on Facebook, they celebrate their grandparents. They all used to serve in World War II. And in Italy, most of our grandparents were fascists. So we don't really think they're the best generation. The Italian accent is considered cute and beautiful in a way. Would you think that actually is more of an advantage for you to have the accent rather than being completely Oh, yes. Free? That's why when someone told me that I looked Polish, I should maybe start learning a Polish accent. I thought, mm, <laughs> you know what? I think I'm keeping my Italian one. It's, it's better. But uh, The only counter argument I have for that is a friend complained to me. So she's called Valentina. She's like a consultant. And whenever she goes for interview, as soon as she says she's Valentina with a hint of Italian accent, the English interviewer will instantly slow down her speed of speaking English. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. For, <laughs> for crossing the channel. <laughs> Uh, how so, so I would say that you guys are drifting away from the Berlusconi era, but you do still have that thick image of the, the non-so-serious. And I guess if you're in certain profession, having an Italian accent is a bit of a hindrance. It might be a problem. That's why I chose a profession where there's no job interview and, <laughs> and no job for the past two years, really. So we just go on stage and we need to make them laugh. So you're agreeing that it's not that the accent is not something the comedian have to work with. But at least you have it easier than an Italian lawyer or accountant oh, yes. or a medical professional coming to do Imagine an international company. being a barrister. <laughs> People would just laugh, coffee. Maybe you're trying to do your best to save the client and nobody would hire you because when you start talking, yeah, the judge... Would... I have to say, sometimes I was really racist. When they first appointed the European Central Bank, appointed like Italian um, head of ECB. Yeah. Do you feel, you let them get in charge of ECB? Yeah, I get you don't want a German all the time, but Italian, come on. But that was me being very ignorant. No, but those who, <laughs> Italians who emigrate are usually the, the best brain, the best minds, and then they keep the mafia guy in the country. So that's uh, probably what we should change. <laughs>
debatable. I think you have a fair chunk of mafia went to New York. I mean, Italian yeah, American yes. is a very very specific. But again, maybe it's the cute accent. Eventually, they liked it. They made wonderful movies about this. Nobody is mad Italian for mafia. They maybe should be, but they made a great movie, nice uh, soundtrack, and everyone loves it. Oh, I've seen people with a T-shirt Godfather. Come on, <laughs> seriously, it's a tragedy. It's an organized crime. It claims so many lives, and you were just hey, what is fashionable now? So that's good. Yeah, we like it. Okay, you said even though they are immigrants, you give the world Lady Gaga, Madonna. So how, how stupid can I think myself? <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's true. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Thank you very Such much. Interesting, wonderful chat. This should be released in the middle of Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Where can we find you? You can find me from the first of August till the twenty eighth on two twenty p.m. at Just the Tonic, the Caves, and the room is called Just the Spare Room. And my show is called Happy Orphan. So Happy Orphan. Nice and fun. Okay, and how can we find you on social media? It's uh, Luca Cupani. So on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, L U C A C U P A N I. Lucky you! So your name has not been taken by anyone else before you register. Very no, early. yeah, it wasn't taken by anyone else. No, yeah, I'm the first. Uh, famous person on so my what's family. the Italian version of a Mark Smith then? Uh, Giuseppe <laughs> Paul, Paolo Rossi Mario Rossi probably Mario Rossi Mario Rossi is the most yeah Rossi I feel so bad we're gonna end on such a stupid question but that's what no, it is perfect. okay thank you uh, we had today that was Luca Cupani thank, thank you, you. Bye. ciao <laughs>